This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you all with us today on another fantastic wine episode. You always like the wine ones, don't you? I do. Wine is still, it, I've, even after doing all this stuff all this time, wine is still my, my main jam. Yeah, yeah. So what type of wines are we doing this week, Dad? Oh, we're doing down, you call them down under, down under wines. So what, is that, what does that mean? Down under white. Oh, south of the equator. Or oh. it could be down under Australia. Okay. Well, a I lot mean, of people call that down under. True. And it is down under the equator. So Yeah. So so we are doing wines from south of the equator. Mm-hmm. And dad, what are you doing as your wine and your foods this well, week? Well, I'm coming in from Australia and I have the De Arnberg Hermit Crab. Oh, okay. Now, is that a single varietal or is it a blend? No, it's a blend, and you're going to have to help me out here. It's Wagner and Massal, Massin. Viognier. That's right. Viognier and Massal. It's probably, let me see the bottle. M-A-R-S-A-N-N-E. Marsan. Marsan. Mm-hmm. Two very Rhone-style grapes. Yes. Very cool. And then what are your foods to go with it? And my foods today are a little Fontina cheese, chicken spring rolls, and shrimp stir-fry. Oh, sounds fantastic. I went on the light food, and you got big old honking ribs. I, I mean, I only have one thing that's been heavy. So, like Dad said, I, I do have ribs on my plate this week, but my wine is the Crios Tarantas from Argentina. So, another south of the border going on there. And I have, for my foods, I have some ribs, I have goat cheese, and then I have Moroccan chicken. All right. So it's going to be a good time. But before we get to that... Are you full Trader Joe's this week? Um, There's some stuff from Trader Joe's on the plate. Well, this week I'm 100%. Uh, you're so 100% that, from yeah. Trader Joe's? Right. That, that's rare for me. Uh, it is, but you know, not for the podcast. So before we get started, we have to talk about the blind. Well, first of all, last week was so much fun. Oh, yeah. I thought last Absolutely. week was a whole, whole lot of fun doing the non-alcoholic cocktails. It was surprisingly fun. Yes. I think that's a great I, way to describe you know, it. Oh, we, we did the non-alcohol beer, and we both got surprised by that. Yep. You know, I had my IPNA. And I got the old pine notes, and, mm-hmm. and you had a coffee beer that was just fantastic. And then we did, with Leslie, our next-door neighbor, we did just plain spirits. Non-alco- non-alcoholic distillates. Distillate would be a better word, because they <laughs> were distilled, but they weren't spirits. Yeah, they weren't alcohol, yep. Oh, well, you know... And she brought a whole truckload full. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she did. And so then last week we said, well, let's just break the mold again and let's do cocktails that are virgin. Exactly. No alcohol in them at all, actually. That's right. That's right. Not even some bitters. Right. And that was, that was lots of fun. I think that was, a, that was a really good way to do it. And now for people who may want to do a dry shortest of the month, they've got three episodes that can get them through a dry February. That's right. That's right. Well, so. And then you were talking about a blind. 
Yeah, two weeks ago when we did the non-alcoholic spirit, we and did I it. was you know I was real proud of Leslie. I poured up three, and I said, "Now Leslie, this is alcoholic," and she said, "No, I'm not doing it." Yep, because she's been doing the non-alcohol for two months. She said, mm-hmm. "So I wasn't trying to trick her." Yeah, or I could have just handed it to her, mm-hmm. but she didn't do it, and it was a beautiful. It was a, pink, it was a vibrant red, orange, orange, orange color. red color, was had a kind of a sweeter overtone, but finished of like bitter orange. So I called it a an orange bitter, but you had to go farther. And then I went ahead and said it was Campari. You did say it was Campari. So you had a kind of a 50 50 chance on that one. <laughs> you know, I did. So, which one was it? It wasn't Campari. <laughs> so, then it was Aperol. It was Aperol. Okay. Now, yeah. uh, I could blind you today and I could pull out some Campari, but we're uh-huh. not doing We're not doing alcohol today. You know, I think if I think for those of you who, because I've I talked to some people about it, and Aperol is actually a little bit sweeter than Campari. So, yeah, I should have less bitter. Yeah, so I should have had that. I should have kind of thought about it and seen that since it was a little bit more sweet, that it was better suited to be Aperol over Campari. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, I'll take it. I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we're going to go ahead and get going in our wines. And we're going to start with my wine this week. And once again, my wine is the Crios Tarantis from Argentina. And my foods, I've got some Kansas City-style ribs, I have goat cheese, and then I have the Moroccan chicken. Now, I know the ribs are just staring at us ready to eat, but if you would like an eating order... Oh, man. You don't have to eat it in this order, but if you <laughs> would like goat one, cheese, right? it would be the goat cheese, then the Moroccan chicken onto the, onto the ribs. But if you wanted to, you could actually do either the proteins first and then use the goat cheese as a palate cleanser moving into the next one. So it, honestly, you, you can, honestly just said I could do anything I wanted. Like I was getting ready to say, you can pretty much do however you want it. I'm going to start with the goat cheese personally, right, right. but you're probably going to start with the ribs. No, I'm going to do goat cheese, you know? So my wine, the Crios Tarantis, is a white wine that comes from Argentina. It is, it's known as Tarantis. It also has, you may see different um, names after Tarantis, like Tarantis Roland Shallow, Tarantus uh, Sengiano, Tarantus Mendocino, and uh, there are other synonyms. But most of the time here in the United States, what we hear is we just hear of Tarantus. Um, it doesn't really talk about it any farther. So mine is from Creos. Now, Creos is one of the wines that's under the Susanna Balabo, Susanna Balabo portfolio. And she has been known for doing excellent South American stuff. For a long, for quite a while. Creos itself has been around doing not just Tarantas, but they do Malbec, they do Cab, they do Merlot, they do Tarantas from all from Argentina. They also do some Pinot Noir, some Chardonnay as well. Now, Argentina is a huge country from north to south. It is. And so where, where are we? So for this wine on the label... It just says Argentina. Okay. So that means that there's not a large variety of it coming from multiple locations, from a specific location. In the actual text sheet, when I'm going through it, 
it talks about how for this year, uh, this vintage, the 2019 vintage, it comes from Salta and the Uco Valley. Now, the Salto and the Uco Valley are both in the northern part of Argentina. Mm. The other thing it talks about in the text sheet is the elevation. Now, if we know, any, if we think back to our geography, Argentina is kind of a desert. It yep. is on the windward side, or mm-hmm. no, the leeward side of the Andes Mountains. So it's most, a lot of Argentina is in a rain shadow desert. Okay. And a lot of these areas where wine is grown is in that area. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they actually will be up in higher elevations. The average elevation that, this, that the grapes for this wine are grown at is um, f- uh, 1,700 meters. Oh, wow. Got so it. we're talking pretty high up there. And because of that, they get the cooler temperatures where they're able to create this beautiful wine. Now, I love Torontos because it's, it's nice and bright. And the acidity, it says on here, is 6.2 grams per liter. So that's pretty, that's pretty up there for wine. It's 13% alcohol. And man, it is, it, on, the, on the nose, it just hits you with like a lime fruit, citrus, citrus flowers. Mm. And you don't, you don't get any kind of salinity. But you just get that really, really nice florality. But it's, it's like if you're walking through a citrus orchard in bloom. Yeah. I always think of Torontos and lime. Okay. Kind of reminds me of that lime, good, ripe, limey flavor. And put the goat cheese with it, and your mouth just starts drying out and asking for more. Yeah. You know, being a, high, being a higher acidity wine, that's kind of why I went with the goat cheese. Mm-hmm. It's also the reason I think the ribs are going to be okay, because I think it's going to have enough body to cut through some of the ribs. Ribs, okay. Some of the rib fat. Wait a minute. (laughs) Ribs are not just okay. They can go with anything, I think. Well, yeah. But now we're we're disproving the old old thing about, you know, red meat, red wine. We're disproving that right this minute. What do you mean? We're disproving. Disproving. Okay, it sounded like you said we're proving it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we're disproving that red wine, red meat, is what you have to do. Well, technically, we well, don't have red meat. Uh, we have the white meat and the other white meat. That's true. <laughs> but that with is the, true. I think the thing that's going to carry with the ribs is the acidity is going to kind of cut through, be able to cut through all of that big flavor that we've got going on in it. But the goat cheese is phenomenal. So what do you taste? I've been yakking a lot. Tell me what you're tasting in the wine by itself, and then with kind of what you've what you've eaten so far. So I started with the goat cheese because you told me to, and I get the I get that dried fruit. It doesn't, you know, some wines you just put your nose in the glass and you get this fruit forward thing. Yeah, this doesn't do that. It's there. It's mm-hmm. really there, but it's it's that kind of dry desiccated fruits that once you put put it all together with the wine then it kind of gives you an explosion in your mouth yeah and then that goat cheese just helps it dry out and begs for more yeah now ribs on the other hand yes it's not a red meat but when 
I think these look like ribs that you or I cook. They're yours. Okay. Okay, I get to take them all home. Anyway, these are the kind of ribs that when you're finished with the smoking of them, there's still a lot of that. They're not bleeding, but they're red, juicy, flavorful, and you've got that bark on the outside. And you got that spice that's on the outside and the inside. And so that spice of the ribs Mm -hmm. make this wine really taste good. And you want to drink some more of it. Yeah. Because there's not really any spice whatsoever in this wine. Yeah, there's not. So that's two of the pairings. And man, here's another best on place struggle. Yeah, so what about just the wine as you're just drinking it? Because one of the things they talk about is like one of the best pairings for this is just drinking it by itself. I would say that can be true. We we could just stop the podcast right now and go on the back patio and just drink it. Well, I mean, I probably will be finishing it later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. After I eat or during. But But what what are the flavors? Like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you now because we're almost two years into this, and I think we're going to get to a point soon where you need to start blinding wine. Oh. So I think let's, let's try and expand our, uh, our, our speech when it comes to what we're tasting. So what am I tasting? Yep. What white, are you? White wine. Okay. But I'm, I've got the, like I said before, the desiccated fruit. Yeah. It's not like jam that you'd get with, you know, a big... Merlot or something like that, but there is this that sweetness of the wine. You said there was some residual. I didn't hear the number. No, there's no residual sugar. Okay, so it's dry. The acidity is six point two grams per liter. Oh, okay. So while so let's do this. You know, we haven't really talked about this very much on the show. Why don't you while I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about the the winery and that sort of thing for a little bit. Why don't you pull up a wine wheel yeah. and let's start going. We can take this on a wine wheel journey. We can talk about the wine wheel as well. So like I, t- like I said earlier, you know, this is under the, under the umbrella of Susanna Bal- Balabo. She's also known as like the queen of Tarantis. So she's done a lot of stuff coming down. The, they started about two decades ago in 1999 for her, where she's been coming down. She came down from UC Davis and having, you know, doing some business in, in Argentina as well. And she just kind of has planted and kind of just taken up the mantle of focusing on making Argentinian wine just absolutely reach, reach to the international potential, which her, a lot of other people, and I'm, I'm included in those people believe that this their wine growing growing regions can be now as for creos itself creos has been along for the ride as you know as it's been going creos is talking means like the power of hands all this stuff is hand harvested so it's taken taken very well care of from as it's growing and they just do a whole, you know, they do a whole myriad of wines. When we think of Argentina with Argentinian wine, well, most of the time, all we think about is Malbec and we right. think of Tarantas right. for the whites. But 
they're showing the versatility of the land, and especially since you can, with the elevation, being mm-hmm. able to change your elevation to get different microclimates, and honestly, probably with global warming as well, mm-hmm. being able to grow some other grapes like, you know, Cabernet and Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir, as we've talked about before, is very hard to grow, and so is Chardonnay. It can be very finicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that they're able to do it and do it to a a larger and doing it pretty well is says something a lot about what they're doing themselves. Now, as dad's about, I think you're about to have a wine wheel ready. I've lo- I'm looking at the aroma, the aroma wine, wheel. Yeah. wine wheel. So, and it is so detailed. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk through how to use this. Okay. So a wine wheel is a tool that you can use to help yourself begin to begin to find nuances and be more specific when it comes to mm-hmm. d- your description of wine. Mm-hmm. There are, does that one have three or four circles? It has three. So this, but as far as segments, hold on, don't worry about that. Okay, you're gonna, you're, I, know, <laughs> I know your engineer brain is like freaking out because well, it's not freaking out. I'm just doing the math. I know. <laughs> But what the way it works is they have concentric circles, and mm-hmm. you start from the inside. Right. So you start at the inside. It's the most basic, and you just pick one. So, like, for this one, well, the first thing that I would go with is I would go with fruit. Fruit's kind of the first thing that I'm getting. So then I would go to the next section. And the next, what's in the next section under fruit, Dad? Well, what this wheel does is it says floral. I don't see where it says fruit. But then it lists honeysuckle, hawthorn, orange blossom, jasmine. I mean, it just goes on and on. Violet. But then over on the other side, you've got nuts and spices. And remember your green pepper? Mm -hmm. It's on here. I don't taste it in there. But now that I let's focus kind of down into the floral. Because that's where we started. Yeah. So go ahead and go to the floral. I think I might be tasting some jasmine. There might be honeysuckle. Okay. Other choices is rose. See, I would not say rose. I would not say rose. I wouldn't say an orange blossom. You know, there's just so many choices. Well, that's the thing is, it's just... Okay, it, what it does is it helps you focus your language. You say, okay, I'm smelling this. And the one I'm looking at, like I've got a flower section. So I'm going to say, okay, I'm smelling flowers. Right. And then I'm going to say, okay, what type of flowers am I smelling? Right. Am I smelling peonies? No. Am I smelling elderflower? No. Am I smelling honeysuckle? A little bit. A little bit. Am yeah. I smelling jasmine? A, a little, little bit. bit. Am I, and I, I personally get some citrus blossoms on this personally and though so then i'm thinking oh well now there's citrus and it what it does is it helps you verbalize things that you may not be able to think about and it gives you that focus to look at so you got so citrus you got the grapefruit you got the lemon you got the lime you got the tangerines you got those kinds of things i don't really get a distinct citrus okay or one of those citruses. Right. But I definitely get a citrus-type smell. Okay. 
Remember when we did the uh, Sauvignon Blanc? Mm-hmm. That was so much grapefruit. You couldn't from, walk away from it. From the New Zealand one. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I don't, I don't really taste. Maybe I get a little green apple. Okay. Maybe I don't know. I know I don't think there's any peach, but there could be. I don't think so. Right. This is very acid driven, so most things you're gonna find, at least in the fruits, are gonna be more along the lines of stuff with higher acidity. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find green apple. You're gonna find more of the citrus. It's going to remind you of a lot of citrus mm-hmm. and more high acidity citrus rather than sweeter <laughs> citrus. No, there's another section here called sulfides. Yep. Sometimes it does show up. I don't, Not in this one. I don't think so either. Because I don't get any rubber band. I don't get any rotten apples or rotten egg, Mm-mm. onion, or anything like that. But this one also has a good minerality to it. Mm-hmm. There's some. Um, like limestone and kind of chalkiness that's underneath there that kind of gives it some bottom note. Let's see what. So, what about the foods? Well, now you're. No, nah, wait, I'm going to over here. Okay. Keep going. As far as nuts, I don't get any. If I got one, it'd be like something light, like an almond, not like a hazelnut or a pecan or a coconut. Yeah. It'd be something light. Well, so here's the thing, is you don't have to get something from each section. Oh, I know, and you don't. And you're not going to. I would not get any nuts in this. I don't, the earth that I get is more of a minerally earth Mm -hmm. to it. I'm not getting any kind of oak usage. I'm not getting any kind of baking spices, anything along those lines. Well, and I I don't get any... We're talking about the nuts. I really don't really get nuts or spices. Definitely not on this one. Mm-mm. And that's fine. This just helps you kind of go down. The one I'm looking at doesn't have a single fruit section. It has like a citrus, tree fruit, tropical fruit, red oh, fruit, okay. black fruit, dried fruit. To kind of help you go down farther than that. But that's the would, thing. There's so many choices. Yeah. As it's supposed to be. And this no. is why, going back to like the discussion about when we were talking about non-alcoholic wine with Leslie, you know, these nuances are created not only from the grape itself, but from mm-hmm. the alcohol, the actual fermentation process, which is why I don't think you can do a good non-alcoholic wine. Mm-hmm. So, you, have you had any of the chicken yet? Oh, yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. So, how did you do it? So, I marinated it in... Olive oil, Greek mm-hmm. yogurt, smoked paprika, cumin, thyme, garlic, and ginger. And then I, really I just, get the ginger. And then I just cooked it on a pan. Okay. The original recipe calls to be grilled and then to pour a uh, like a little vinaigrette over it. All I did was squeeze some Meyer lemon on top of it. Oh, okay. How does it go with the wine? This is a really good wine. It stands up, you know. The goat cheese, it made your mouth water and you want more. The ribs, I just want more ribs. <laughs> and the wine goes good with it. It's not a, 
it's not a like like made in heaven kind of wine to, mm-hmm. for these ribs to the you know Pinot Noir or probably a Riesling of the of the white family would go well with these ribs. And then that chicken, that ginger. There's no ginger in this wine. When you taste the chicken with the ginger, you're kind of getting some similarities. Okay. I mean, ginger does really well with citrus. That's right. So that could be some of the playoff that you're getting there. That's right. And maybe just the floral, too. I'm looking at this wheel. I don't know that I even see ginger. It would be under the spice. Yeah. But it's not, not on this one. And the problem with the wheels is there's so many different ones. Right. This is, quote, the aroma one. And you really just, if you want to do a wheel, you know, I'll I'll probably put out a link to one that I really like. Mm -hmm. But you really just need to find, since there are so many of them, find one that works for you. Find one that you like the setup of, that makes sense to you, that's not too overwhelming, Mm -hmm. but can kind of help you. And it's really just a starting point, Mm -hmm. you know. And there may be things that you are getting that aren't on the wheel, and that's okay as well. Because like you said, there was a couple, you know, there was something in there, you know, when it comes to citrus, there's so many different types of citrus Mm -hmm. that, you know, they're not going to list every type of citrus on there. No. Yeah, like a honeydew melon's not listed, but it might be in there. Right. That taste. Yeah. Asphalt, I don't see it on here anywhere. That's not in there. <laughs> and, it can, you know, that's the thing. You can't expect everything to be in every wine. Just a guide, right? Yeah, it's a way to help. Like I said, it's a way to help you be more descriptive when you're talking about something. I've used this for beer. I've used them for whiskeys and other liquors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a, it's a skill that I've used because even when I'm tasting sometimes, I'll go through it and I'll be like, okay, I'm getting this. What type of that am I getting? How is it? Is it dried? Is it fresh? Is it zest? Is it right? You know, it's a process. Right. This helps you just build your vocabulary mm-hmm. because unless you're in the industry, the food or the food and wine industry, you're usually not talking this descriptive about about food. That's right. So, and then you have to train your brain to think it. And this is just a tool to help you do that. Well, in the book, Cork, Dork. Yep. Those guys were training themselves to not quit drinking coffee and quit using Listerine and quit doing all these different things that kind of messed their taste buds up. Yep. Unscented deodorant, no cologne. Right. Unscented soap. Right. Because your body chemistry can actually affect what you're smelling. And then, of course, they were... Slamming 20,000 bottles of wine a year working on the master test. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of ridiculous. That's it why is. you don't do it alone. Right. So this is really a good wine. Yeah. I really, really enjoy this wine. I, now, I What are the grapes again? Tarantas. Straight Tarantas. Tarantas. That's it. Yep. It's all hand harvested. Like I said, it's higher elevation Toronto's too. Mm-hmm. So you know it gets that cold, cooler weather, mm-hmm. which helps build the acidity of the wine. Right. Now, what else would you eat? What else would you pair with this wine? 
crab cakes. Okay. I was hoping to get some crab cakes. <laughs> Traders didn't have them. I think uh, scallops. Okay. I think, you know, any anything of that, you know, tuna would be pretty heavy for this wine. But that's saying these ribs are heavy for this wine. I think it would depend on how the tuna is prepared. Exactly. I think you could do it spicy tuna, well, like a spicy tuna. I think hot. I've said this before. One of the ways I do the tuna is use the ginger within the, you know, slice the tuna, put the ginger down in there, that, that root ginger, put it down in there, put it on the grill. You're getting a lot of that ginger flavor. And the ginger that's in this chicken went very well with this wine. So mm-hmm. I think that would go very well as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could do a white sauce spaghetti. Yeah. You know, like uh, lobster sauce kind of spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Just a plain old Italian, I forget exactly what they call it. It's spaghetti and cheese. Cacio e pepe? That's it. And that would go well. Mm-hmm. So... I think you can branch out and just try most anything. Yeah, I think some of the, some of the things that may be better with this are like, like you talked about some seafood dishes. Mm-hmm. I think scallops, if they're done, if they're done well, I think you could definitely do spicy foods with this. Mm-hmm. I think it's got enough to kind of go through it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could do like Indian food, mm-hmm. and with some of the lighter, with some of the lighter meats, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't do. Like a goat Indian dish with this. I think that would just be too much. But you could do like a tofu or a fish. Mm-hmm. Or even a chicken. Mm-hmm. Like a chicken tikka may work. But a heavy curry, I don't I don't know that that would work either. A heavy <laughs> curry sauce. I think, it, I think it could. Just depends on how spicy. Mm-hmm. I also think uh, sushi. Sushi would go well with this wine. I think it's got enough, as we've seen with the ribs and the mm-hmm. chicken, that it can kind of cut through that fat, and it's going right. to complement a right. lot of the sweeter meat vegetables, or right. sweeter meat, seafood as well. Well, do you have anything else about this wine? Any other questions or anything? Well, I'm fascinated by it. I don't know that much about that, that grape. Yeah, like, it's, it's rarely used outside of Argentina. Oh, really? I think 98% of the world's Tarantas is grown in Argentina. Oh, really? And I'm not like, it's, when you look at the grass, it always just says other. Mm-hmm. For the other, for the other little bit of percent, it doesn't even right. break it down. Good to the shark. Yeah. If you like Sauvignon Blanc, I think you're going to like Tarantas. I think it's a good branch outline for you mm-hmm. because there are very similar flavor profiles, mm-hmm. high acid, citrus earthiness i think it, that's a great wine that you if you want to stretch yourself i like this better than that, that great fruity Sauvignon blanc we had right a couple weeks but ago. if somebody really does like it i think this is a good stepping stone to help them find other wines that they can exactly. try exactly you know um the one that you had the viognier marsan is viognier is another floral mm-hmm. another floral grape so it could be kind of a, a really you know a good stepping stone as well yeah Speaking of your wine, mm-hmm. are you ready to transition over? Sure, why not? All right. So why don't you remind us your wine 
and your pairings, and where is it from? From Australia. Now, don't pin me down exactly where, because I didn't, I didn't really focus on that. And they call it the hermit crab. And it's like, I'll, I'll tell some more stories about, you know, this owner. But he likes to name things with a kind of funny or a name that you would remember. And that's Hermit Crab, this one is. Who's the, what's the, wine, what's the winery? Diartberg. Diartberg. It's a little D with a slash and then capital A. And it's named after his grandmother. Okay. So that's where that name came from. And if you notice on the label... There's this big, I want to say it's a big red stripe. It's like a slash mark. So what they called it was a strip. And then when I researched it more, the guy that's involved with this has big red hair. And so you thought, oh, that's where it's come from. Okay. It's from his red, big red hair. Looks like a diver's flag to me. Well, it does. That's another way to look at it. But they, but he was a teetotaler back in the day. Okay. And it sounded like he went to those schools where that was the way it was done. Oh. The red strip has to do with, I guess they wore uniforms. Okay. It was the red tie. Oh, cool. That he had to wear. So before we get more into it, remind us. So this is the Diarberg Hermit Crab. It's a Viognier Marsan blend. And what are your pairings today? And the and the pairings today are the Montina cheese, the chicken spring rolls, and the shrimp stir fry. You can do it any way you want to, any order. Okay. I don't know that much about this Montina cheese, but it's uh, I tried it. It's it's very good. Yeah, Fontina is a kind it's of a, a soft mm, cheese. Yeah, it's a medium soft cheese. I wouldn't. It's not like a brie soft. It's no. It's kind of more like a um, like an Asiago soft or like a um, right. like a Gouda. Right. And the and the price point on this bottle tag on mine said twenty four. Did not buy it on Wine Wednesday, so I would have gotten twenty percent off. But sure about that? It was not twenty four. Well, you scraped it off. I don't know. It was sixteen ninety five. Oh, okay. Well, that's what. Oh, that, all right. That's where I was headed because that's what this website says. Sixteen. Okay. Good. So I was like, I'm it going. said sixteen dollars on it. Good. What? So what did you buy that was twenty four? <laughs> not on oh, Wild Wednesday. Oh, uh, that's the blind. Never mind. Oh, okay. Well, that helps me. <laughs> yeah. Well, never mind. This is a 2020. So you kind of said it a couple of weeks ago, because we're south of the equator and the warmth is during our winter, that's how you can end up with these 2020 wines. Yeah, or even... Or a 21. Right now, the 21s should be coming soon from, right. from below the equator. So the region is South Australia. The subregion is McLaurin Vale, and that's on the bottle. A very, very well-known wine-growing region in Australia is McLaren Vale. Uh-huh. And so um, they went totally organic. No synthetics. No pesticides. No fertilizers or no herbicides. That seems the way that, that a lot of people are going. It is... 
aged, I couldn't tell how long. It just says it's fermented in seasoned French and American oak. Seasoned? That's what it says, seasoned. Huh, that's a new term. It is. Never heard anything being seasoned. Yeah, it's seasoned. not charred or, yeah. Well, no, I think what they're doing there is seasoned means that it's used. Oh. Oh, that could be. But well, when you get seasoned, seasoned firewood, that means it's been resting for a year after they cut it. Right. But they're not going to not char the barrels. Right. So I, I, I think because they're not using the word new mm-hmm. and they're not using the word I think neutral. Right I'll go with that. I think it's oak that has been used but still has its, still can provide some of what oak does for wine because when I smell this I get some of those characteristics of oak aging not overtly not overly like if it's new oak a little bit of an oak a little bit of baking spice but not that much I do get some of those quite a few of those flavors and some of that so I don't think it's a year you know and because what they say is it's for mouthfeel well and the other thing the other indicator that you have in there is not, it doesn't say that it's aged in it. It says that it's fermented. Right. So that's so, not long. So that wouldn't be seven months. Oh, heck no. It would no, be at good. most 14, 15 days. Right. It'd be at most like 14, 15, maybe 21 days. Yeah. Because you can't control the temperature. Right. At that point. So. I also, you kind of get some of that in the body of the wine. Like, when, have you tasted it yet? Oh, yeah. What do you think? So, I get a lot of, like, roundness to it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, exterior stuff to the wine. It makes me think back to the discussion that Seth and I had when we were talking about Chardonnays and how it's, it's coming to the point of that more ripe-style Chardonnays may mm-hmm. not be what I'm liking. Mm-hmm. whereas it may not be just Chardonnay in general because mm-hmm. there are Chardonnays that I enjoy. This gives me that like bruised apple, um, almost like cooked kind mm-hmm. of apple smell. I actually get some like peach, mm-hmm. but it's all, it's all cooked or stewed. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever had a baked apple? Oh, yeah. It's like a baked yellow apple. Mm-hmm. It has that, like, rich flavor and that, like, buttery, sweet, um, cinnamony kind of feel to it. Now, are you familiar with this grape? Both of them? Both of them, yeah. I am familiar with them. I don't drink them a whole lot. Right. They are two of the grapes that make up Southern, or make up Rhone Whites. Right. They're also... That's where I was, that's where I was headed. They're also allowed, pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure both of these are allowed in red Chateau Neuf de Pops. Okay. I think they're part of the 13 allowed grapes, or 16, or 20 some odd. I can't remember exactly how many. Right. But there's a a lot of allowed grapes in red Chateau Neuf de Pops, and I'm pretty sure Viognier and Marsan are two of those grapes. Well, okay. And what they say here is they add that uh, Vignonier? Vignonier. Vignonier to the Shiraz 
as a way of taming that very ripe tannic red. Right. Because this def you you said it because you said it's rounded. Yeah. And so that was what they were doing when they went, put it with that Shiraz. They rounded it. Yeah, it softens. Yeah, it'll soften a, a red, a big hard red, like Syrah, which is also mm-hmm. in Southern Rum blends, as well as Grenache. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things about Australian wine is you'll find a lot of Rhone, Southern, Southern France or Rhone, Rhone influence to it. And that's kind of where you know, this one, you know, have you heard of Grange, mm-hmm. the, the Grange wine? Mm-hmm. Um, it's their big kind of, kind of a Bordeaux blend, but it's their more French European style. And right. it's a, it's a blend as well. Diarberg, actually, I'm pretty sure has the, uh, the infamous, uh, pizza, pizza Syrah that I always talk about. Oh, maybe. I'm pretty sure it's Diarberg that does. Yeah. So remember I always talked about the Lovegrass Syrah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's from Diarberg. They do a oh. lot. They do a lot of wine. We did the Lovegrass, didn't we? No, we have not done it. Uh, we have talked about it many a time. Well, that's that's because when I was doing my research about, about this wine, I'm going, we've done this before. Not this one. We've talked about it a but lot. But this wine. Yeah, well, no, we haven't done a Diarberg yet. No. But. but I've talked a lot about Lovegrass and how it was a big part of my coming into the wine world. And, but going back to this wine specifically, it does have a little bit more of that round cooked apple, cooked tree fruit mm-hmm. kind of feel to it with a little bit of floralness, which comes from that Viognier. Now, have you had any of your food yet? I've had the cheese. What do you think? I think it's a good pairing. Okay. What is it about the pairing that you well, like? Well, the roundness, we talked about the roundness of this wine and that softness of the cheese. And there is a little, not a, so there's enough texture to the cheese that it's not soft like a brie to just melt in your mouth. But you give it that, so you're tasting the wine, you're doing a little chewing, and they're all melding together. It really works well. Mm-hmm. It does work really, really well. I think this would be good with the fondue. The cheese fondue. Having some of that fontina, that Swissy kind of okay. flavors to okay. it. <clears throat> I think it would be I think it would be good. Now what was the elevation you said before on yours? Seventeen hundred meters. Seventeen hundred? Correct. This is forty five. Well, you know Australia is, except for the big red rock. <laughs> right, but. <laughs> and it's semi-desert, just like Argentina. Yeah, so you have to use elevation to mm-hmm. kind of, to get yourself, you know, some of those cooler cooler microclimates micro so that you can, so that you can actually right. grow the actual grapes you need. But these two. Will take a little bit more heat. Um, they are like we talked about Southern French, more Southern French mm-hmm. wines, so they will take a little bit more heat than other ones. So but they, I re- I really like the cheese as well. the 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 softness of the cheese mm-hmm. 
kind of goes well with the way the wine is itself. So this guy uh, that, um, let's see, what's his name? His name is Chester. And there's a picture of him. He's He's got like, kind of like a Hawaiian shirt. And he's got big red hair. And he's a big guy. You can't tell how how tall his father is, but he's like a head and a half taller than his father. <laughs> and they say when they have wine tastings, he's he's got something kooky, some kind of kooky prop, stuffed toys, things like that around. Yeah. Well, their their flagship wine is called the Dead Arm. <laughs> okay. That's like that arm that um, I got at Lost Forty. Did you kind of stuff it up your yeah your, your, your yeah, shirt fake, and try to arm. shake hands with somebody? <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Now I never did figure out the hermit crab connection. But he uses kind of kinky names for his different wines. Okay. One of them's called the Blind Tiger. One of them's called Noble Patrilitia Fucalina. What? <laughs> yeah, that's it's like Hold right on. here in print. <laughs> and he just loves doing stuff like that. And they show a picture of the Blind Tiger, and Blind Tiger's got his jacket on, and he's holding it open for people to select their wine <laughs> and the cops standing right behind him. <laughs> so I, I kind of like this already. So what was the other one you described? You talked about? Oh, the noble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I pronounced that correctly. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that the third word has uh, the four letters that I said. Okay. <laughs> so, have you had any of your other food yet? No, I haven't. I've been yakking. <laughs> so I had so tell what are the spring rolls again? Are they chicken, shrimp? What kind of spring rolls are they? Chicken. They're chicken spring rolls. They go really well with the wine too. They they're they're like previously fried and you then you cooked them in the oven, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of that like fat and then this wine you know, the food that you have is like more linear style food. It's not real big and round and mm-hmm. big flavors, kind of like we had. There's a lot of flavor, but it's not like mm-hmm. big. I think the one, this wine gives the opposite of the other wine. This wine gives some of that roundness and that mm-hmm. body to the food that you have selected, which matches, very, which matches quite well. Okay. What do you think? I'm just still chewing. <laughs> now would you say this wine is sweet no this wine is not sweet but what happens is when I take that egg roll I know there's sweetness in that egg roll and then I taste some of the wine and there's like this conversion of the sweetness now remember just because something tastes sweet doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it, it is sweet. sweet. I know, I know, but I I have that. Just because it has IBUs doesn't mean it has a lot of bitter in <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think the, the wonton wrapper really goes well with that gives it that. It's that that's that piece that kind of cuts through and puts it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these grapes are like, 
or the vines. It says some of them are 120 years old. Yeah. I didn't realize this winery is that old. Oh, yeah. Diarberg's been around for quite, quite a long time. Like I said, they're one of the, I would say they're one of the biggest wineries in Australia. Mm-hmm. They've been doing wine for a long, long time. And unfortunately, you go to our liquor store, and the Australian area is almost like a cupboard. Pretty small. Yeah, I think part of the problem right now is they're actually having supply chain issues. Well, I think so, too. You know, there was the picture before Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, of all the, all, the shipping, all the shipping boats, like, outside the West Coast, and, you know, our... Our lovely weatherman made a joke that Arkansas's winter was on one of those. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's where the wine's coming from. So if they're having a, if, you know, our suppliers are having a hard time getting them, I think that's, that's part of the issue because on their website, they're already putting out the 21. Yeah. So it works like we talked about. It kind of works real kind of crisp, real kind of quick because we're not, you know, they're not holding on to the, they're not holding on to the ones. Also, Arkansas in Arkansas, Australian and South African wines don't sell very well. Right. They're kind of unknown. They're one of those things where people aren't really they're not gonna go for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, maybe in the eighties there was a little bit of hype with it. But it's kind of cooled off now because there were a lot of really bad representations of of Australian wine, kind of like we talked about with Chianti, like we've talked about with Chianti before. So I think it's kind of coming back, and since we are such a smaller market, it doesn't it doesn't flip on the shelves, so buyers aren't buying it. And then the distributors aren't buying it, so it's mm-hmm. kind of a trickle down. Like I knew, I knew one one buyer that I think he almost refused to buy Australian wine because he didn't think there was any good Australian wine out there. Wrong. <laughs> I agree with that, but or it would be such a high price that his clientele wouldn't buy it. Now between New Zealand and Australia, I would pick New Zealand. That's not to say there aren't any good. Really, even your red wine drinkerness. Oh, well, okay. It's going to pick New Zealand over Australia. Well, let's start over. I think, just, I think maybe in the whites. In the whites. There are some very specific white wines from Australia that do really well. Mm-hmm. I really wish I could find a Clare Valley Riesling here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have not been able to find one. Mm-hmm. Because they're very unique. And, I mean, I love Riesling anyway. But it, it kind of has that. It just doesn't get here because it's sold in other markets. Right. A lot of the better, quote unquote, better, higher end Australian wine doesn't make it to our market because our market's not big enough and we're not buying it. That's right. Well, it's like when you and I did the Around the World in Eight Beers. We wanted to do a beer from Africa. Couldn't find it. Didn't we find one? Didn't we find a South African beer? No. We we did... uh, Iceland. Yeah. That's what we had to, we had to loop around and go through Iceland to get home instead of going around to get to Africa. Hmm. That was a fun, that was a fun. That was, that was a fun one. Now, you probably haven't tried a stir fry and that's okay. I have not. 
but there's ginger in there. Okay. So all of a sudden, I'm drinking this wine, and I'm eating that stir fry, and boom, there's ginger. It's like, hello. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no uh, apricot, apricots in this stir fry. Right. But boom, there I, it is in the wine. Right before you said that, I, I thought of apricot. Yes. Dried apricot. Yes. Specifically. You know, I, f- I was able to find the text sheet on this vintage of the wine. Mm-hmm. So it's 75% Viognier, 25% Marson. Marson. Sorry. Now, are those both white grapes? They are. Yes, they are yeah. both. They are both white grapes. They, but when the interesting thing is there is some residual sugar to this. Mm. There's 3.8 grams per liter. Okay. So it does have. Like we talked about, it does have actually some sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. You know, three point eight grams per liter. That I don't, I don't know how that translates. Mm-mm. But it seems like it, it is not fully, fully dry. Mm-hmm. There is some RS on it, mm-hmm. and I think that gives it just some of its extra body mm-hmm. to it. Well, I'm gonna do a shout out for Nick. Nick was the one that helped me. Nick at, at Colonial? At Colonial. He says, I've had this one. He says, you ought to try it. A little bit fruit forward, but don't let that bother you. Because I really, last week, remember what I said? I'm getting a down under cellar Chardonnay. Yeah. Not in, not in Little Rock, but <laughs> I could have got a Chardonnay. Right. But I think this is a better deal. Yeah, and I, I so also when we're talking about this, I do see that it is aged in oak mm-hmm. for about eight months. Yeah, see, I wrote I so I said seven, but this this these words say fermented in. Well, they can do both. They, they can, can ferment. That's it. exactly right. They That's can what f- they had to have done. They can ferment it in that oak. Right. You know, I'm seeing 14% of the Viognier is fermented in oak mm-hmm. to give it that kind of body mm-hmm. and those light tannins mm-hmm. there. And then after it's kind of put together, then it's going to sit in oak. It doesn't say which type of oak. I'm going to say that it's, what was the word they used? Seasoned. Seasoned oak, but it's not neutral oak, but it's not new oak. Well, that's not bourbon barrel oak either. <laughs> well, of course <laughs> not. Of course not. But it's not new oak like Calif- like some California would do with the Chardonnays and those right. sorts of things. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's used oak, but it's not oak to where it's not actually going to impart any flavor to it. Mm-hmm. I do think there is some oak flavor that goes on in this wine. Didn't really get the vanilla that I thought I would get because it wasn't. I think it's hidden by the grapes itself. I think it, yeah, I think so. And like I said, the ginger and the apricot and some of the other things going on. Well, I don't have much more about it. Yeah, I think I think we're ready for best on plate. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got on best on my plate? I think the best on your plate was the spring rolls. I think the spring rolls. Well, I with, thought you'd pick the cheese. No, I think with the spring rolls, with all the flavors going on, and then that like. Fried want it's the fried wonton or mm-hmm. rice wrap or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. or whatever it is. 
that's what pulls it together. That's mm-hmm. what gives it that one last thing that takes it above. And because both of those taste different after you taste them together. Right. So that's to me, that's why that's best on plate. I'm going the same way. I thought I'd be different because you were going to do the cheese. <laughs> but here's what happens, and, and we've done this before. When you have a cheese, there's kind of only one thing it can contribute. Unless it's a special, funky cheese that has that ash in it. I forget the name of that one. Humboldt Fog. Humboldt Fog. If it's something like that, then it can contribute more than one thing. And that's what this egg roll did. Right. And for me, the close second is the stir fry. Yeah, I bet. It does have a wide variety of flavor. I bet the shrimp I bet the shrimp worked really well with the wine. It did, but it, you know, because it was melded with these other flavors, mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was just shrimp and the wine. I think, I think a butter poached, a butter poached scallop would go really well with that wine. Yeah. All right. What about on my plate? What was the best on my plate? Well, let's see. Remind me. You got the goat cheese. The goat cheese, the ribs, and the Moroccan chicken. Man, I hate hate to say the Moroccan chicken is better than the rib. You're not saying that it tastes better than the ribs. You're saying (laughs) it goes better with the wine. It actually went better with the wine. I think the Moroccan chicken. I'll tell you what. I'll eat those ribs all day with his wine. With the Creos? Yeah. Or yours or mine. Sorry, you're you're pointing sorry, he's I'm pointing, pointing at mine, his glass. That's why But I'm either one. Yeah. Would you know. Right. So you're saying the Moroccan chicken. I'm saying the Moroccan chicken. You know, I am going to have to agree with you. You hate to do I that. I hate don't to you? do it. I hate it's to It's not that you hate to agree with me, it's just you hate to say ribbed. Your second. <laughs> well, I just hate that on, on both plates, we're like, oh, man, that's the, you know, that's the best. I mean, everything, I think everything on my plate went really, really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it, we're talking nuances now. Mm-hmm. I think what changed it is the smoked paprika and the ginger. Yeah. I think those two things, the sweet smoked paprika and the ginger, those two things kind of just gave it this little bit of an edge mm-hmm. that had more going on that when you tasted the wine and the food together, right. it married together so well. Like the ribs, the reason the ribs worked is because it cut the acidity of the wine, cut through the ribs, mm-hmm. cut through the fat of the ribs. Right. The reason it worked with the goat cheese was because the acidity matched and it's beautiful. Right. But the reason that, I think the reason that the the uh, chicken worked the best was because the combination of flavors the between flavors. the two the just melted flavors just enhanced and made things kind of go better. Yeah, stepping up to the plate, saying, "Here we are." Exactly. Well, you know, we're about an hour in, so that means it's time for a blind. All right, I'll get it fixed up. All right, so Dad has the blind poured up for me. And, of course, he decides to pour me a red. Have a wonderful white wine episode, and Dad pours me a red. Okay. (laughs) 
thought I was going to get a better reaction out of him than him. Just but it stare, might be the Southern Hemisphere. Staring you at never me. know. I mean, it could be. You're right. It very well could be a Southern Hemisphere wine. So then, a good. Then again, it could be old world. You just don't know. You know what? That is true. So let's go ahead and get into this wine. Like I said, this is a red wine. There is no evidence of real gas or sediment. It is a dark purple going up to a magenta meniscus. Um, the legs. I got some good legs. Some legs on this. Yeah, they're they're good. They're running down the glass pretty well. They're not um, they're not too big and fat, and there actually seems to be a little bit of staining on them. So there's mm-hmm. a little bit of high mm-hmm. extraction here. Let's go ahead and give it a smell. All right, this is a clean wine. There's no real evidence of uh, any kind of faults to it. Comes out, comes out swinging. Comes out giving you a lot of floralness, a lot of violets, and and big kind of red flowers to it. And it was cellar temperature, but it's warmed up a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like it. You do get. I a, like that temperature. Huh? Oh yeah. You do get, um, like I said, you get a lot of floralness. You get some kind of darker fruits like blackberry, black cherry, almost some kind of like cassisiness. But man, the, the, the floral just kind of jumps out at you. There's a little bit of veg- vegetalness under there, maybe some earthiness, but definitely the big thing are the flowers and those black fruits. Mm. Ooh. Does wine taste clean? Mm, interesting. What about the tannins? So, Aston, this is, I'd say medium plus. Alcohol is definitely up there. The tannins are medium. They're not too high. They're not really grippy. I'm not feeling super full or super, super fuzzy on my mouth anywhere. It's pretty lean on the texture. I think some of that might actually be because it's still cooler. Um, it doesn't really kind of stick okay. around, but it's still pretty linear. Oh, tans are definitely medium plus now. And now I'm getting to it. Oh, but man, that alcohol is, woo, it is up there. All right, when you say up there, 14? Yeah, we're talking 14 plus. Really? At this point, if that's the way it feels. It just feels mm. really warm. Going on to the taste of it, still getting a lot of those fresh and actually desiccated violets, um, big red flowers, Almost like roses, getting a lot of dark fruit. Still a little bit light, light vegetalness way back there. Mm-hmm. Still a little bit. There's a good little bit of earthiness, uh, but it's almost like dusty. It's um, yeah, dusty, crushed rock. There's some. Uh, there's something else in there. Maybe a little leather. Yeah, with the with the non-earth. There's definitely some kind of leatheriness going on. Some, maybe even some kind of like cacao, like bitter cacao, almost like unrefined cacao. Mm. And even um, with the fruit still, like all this is, all this is underneath the fruit and the flowers mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Um, I'm not really getting some kind of minerality maybe, but it's really dusty, almost like chalk dust way down there. Uh, oh, there is definitely... Um, notes of barrel aging you do get some of those baking spices definitely vanilla clove not quite cinnamon but you definitely get those 
but it's still kind of it's still kind of fresh on the palate. I do like this wine. I want to eat something big with it. I want to eat actually a rib with it right now. Go over there. <laughs> no, I'm blinding. I can't do that. So I think because of all the things I've talked about with it being more fruit forward, more that floral forward, the alcohol being higher, the acidity though is kind of throwing me off for a loop. I think because of those things, I'm going to say this is a new world wine. Uh, I think possible great varieties here. We're talking Merlot, Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. Yeah, with the color, maybe a Syrah in there with that co- the really rich color that's going on. Hmm. So possible countries at this point. We're talking United States. We're talking Argentina. We could be talking Chile as well. So you like this one? I do. I do. Right now I want some food with it. I'm telling you, there's a ring right <laughs> over know, there. I know, but I want to. <laughs> I want to get through this. Um, I don't want to stall the show. We can put it on pause. <laughs> <laughs> I do think so. Like I said, I think it's new world wine. I don't think it's a raw. It doesn't have really any kind of meaty qualityness. I'm missing some like oily kind of olivey viscosity that I think for Merlot. For the Cabernets, I, I'm missing some of like a that really green. Greenness. So I think I'm going to say that this is a Malbec. I think it's from Argentina. I think it is from a high quality producer in, let's just say, 2018. No, 2019. Malbec. Malbec from Argentina. Argentina. 2019. 2019. Well, there you go. All right. So you'll have to come back next week to figure out if I'm right or most likely if I am wrong, as it's been coming with the wine so far. But, Dad, next week is a beer week. What are we going to be doing next week? I think we're going to do some Japanese beers. Ooh, that'll be fun. Heading over. We're going to sit We're gonna sit at the bar and taste sushi and drink Japanese beers. All right. So what Japanese beer are you going to be doing? The infamous Sapporo. All right. So you're going to be I doing... hope I can find that big old oil. Oh, I bet. I bet you can find the oil can. Very cool. Well, I'm going to be doing the Hitashino Tashino Nest. Uh, if I can find it, I'm going to do the red, the red Rice Ale, which is one of the ones we did for Around the World in eight beers. Oh, okay. I'm going to try to find that. If not, I'm going to do, try and find one of the Hitashinos. We beers. might better look in my closet before you go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's what I'm going to be doing next week. It's going to be lots of fun. I'm very excited to do Japanese beers. There's a, there's quite a few out there that are that are really, really good. Mm-hmm. So, Dad, this has been another good episode, haven't you? Another good one. Another, another good, one. good one. We are very happy to have you guys along with us. Um, if you like what we're doing, give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever your favorite podcast platform does. Tell your friends. Tell everybody to check us out. We're you know We're getting back into the swing of the year. Hopefully... Your life has kind of calmed down a little bit after the holidays as we're moving into kind of the depth of winter now. But if you like what we're doing, like I said, like, follow, subscribe, whatever your podcast platform does. Remember, we're out there on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Free to give us a share, a like, a comment on any of those or any of those social media platforms. We're acquired tastings on them. And if you want to just send us an email address, an email, we're acquired tastings at gmail.com. So we are excited to see you guys next week for a great beer episode. And once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.